Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. Two amazing, incredible gentlemen who are holding me accountable all over the place and raising the bar. I talk about being in shape and being healthy. Boy, I went all the way to the top of the food chain with experts. But first, let me welcome, Randy, are you there? I am here, and it's not it's not early morning. I know, right? This new time slot. We've changed our time. We've moved. I, I know. Listen, and I'm I, eleven, and I get along so much better. Like yeah. I love the eleven. <laughs> all my West Coast, right? We're being able to bring our West Coast guests in, and I so mean, I'm all about the change to move us to the eleven. So the Genius Hour is now at eleven. The master number of 11, which actually means uh, duality and leadership and all kinds of stuff. So I'm very, very much in alignment with that. You know, my hat is off to all those people because you know how many people got up at 4.45 to do the show when we were at 8. And Dave I, Meltzer I think does. Dave Meltzer's on, the, he's you, on the West Coast. He gets up that early. Yeah, yeah. But I'm telling people now that we moved it and they're all kinds of happy. <laughs> So when so today, I'm so excited about today. So there's a lot of really cool projects that we're 
uh, we're getting knee deep in here at the Genius Institute. Um, one of them being education, which I'm very, very uh, passionate about what's going on in our education system and how it's falling short uh, to so many. Um, and the education is a big thing that uh, infects the gig economy, which is what I'm all about. If anybody knows me, knows that I'm one of the champions in the gig economy with the G100 um, and that whole delegation. And the other thing is, you know, what's going on with um, just our health in general, which really leads to a lot of those options, a lot of those uh, choices, taking responsibility of your health and all that. So when I talk about two guys that have literally just kicked me into gear to go raise the bar, raise the bar. Uh, it is our guest today, and I'm so excited to welcome both Reggie Walker uh, and David Carter. And if you guys don't know them, um, A, you're living underneath a rock, but that's okay. That's what we're here for. Um, and we're going to really dive into a lot of these changes that are happening in the world today and who are really leading those conversations. So, David, Reggie, are you guys there? Yo, yeah. yo, yo. Hey, hey how's everybody. It going, everybody? Thank, <laughs> thank you for having us. We truly appreciate it. Amelia, thank you so much. We appreciate you uh, for having us. And David, man, thanks for, you know, everything that you said. It was great. Always love listening to you as well. I love David Melter is the bomb. He and I have known each other forever. Um, and he's absolutely a mentor of mine and really continues to push me and push me and, uh, you know, develop my leadership skills and stuff like that. So it's a long term friendship. Um, and I'm really, really blessed for that. Um, and so now a lot of people know you guys as athletes, and I know that it was a big part of your branding and your career, and I can only imagine what that journey was like. But what you guys are doing now off the field, I think, is like tenfold of what you did on the field. Now, is that just the way I see you guys, or do you guys feel that the work you're doing today is even more impactful? Oh, we feel it's way more impactful, <laughs> to be honest. And um one of the big reasons why is because we're fully walking in ourselves, doing what really brings us meaning and purpose in life way more than we did on the football field. And, you know, we've gotten results based off of that. So for the listeners who are un unaware, right? So did you guys know each other when you guys were actually both playing or no? Was that afterwards? No. When we did knew you guys become? No, we knew each other while we were playing. Like we're, we were, I feel as if we were just, maybe we were brothers in another life or something like that because it was one of those things we met each other and we're like, man, what's up, man? And we were like, hey, what's up? <laughs> and and they were like, like, oh, we're, we're going to be best friends, friends like, It was very easy. <laughs> it was very easy. We're going to uh, be best friends forever. But uh, yeah, so <laughs> Reg was the first person I met when I got into the NFL. I got drafted into the Cardinals in the year of the lockout. And um like you said, it was just like, oh, we're brothers. And then ever since then, and then that was the year when we, we were roommates for um, preseason, I mean, not for preseason, for the games. So like before the games, like the whole team would stay in a hotel and they would uh, bump the guys up. And me and Reg were teammates and we sat down one day and then we were like, you know, man, this football stuff is great, bro, but this is it's fleeting, right? Like it's not guaranteed. We can get hurt tomorrow and not be played, not play ever again, right? Luckily at that point we played years and years after. But at that point, we realized we were like, you know, we have to do something together to uh, make an impact because we want to help as many people as possible. Now we're just watch we're just playing football and people are watching it. And it's just funny how things came back around full circle because damn it, 12 years later, we we went on our we went, we went on our own journeys. We were still friends. We went on our own journeys. We went through our whole roller coaster of a life. Right. Reggie went through everything that he went through. I went through everything that I went through. It was a, it was a lot of abuse, a lot of figuring out the environment. And, and then we came back and now we're put in a position where we're able to help a lot of the people. A lot of our friends who passed away from either suicide or health issues or things like that, or who have gone through financial issues, we've put ourselves in a position to be able to help them. And it, it's really like a, it, it's, it's a blessing to be in this position. So really? sort of like an anthology of our, uh, 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 an accumulation of our, like like what he was saying, the dummy tax, being able to put all that together and share it with our 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 athlete, uh, our you know fraternity and the and the not even just the people who we're playing with, but when you think about all the kids who are, who are coming up, 
and don't know any other things that they're getting ready to deal with that are going to cause all the mental health issues, going to cause the physical pain issues and all of that stuff and how to do it. And I, and I feel like we owe you guys an explanation as to what the hell we're actually doing. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so yeah, that's how me and Reg met and that's how we kind of got here. And so, David, a lot of people know you because you're a Netflix star, right? I mean, that was a big game changer for your brand awareness for so many because that uh, that show, well, a couple of shows that you were on, um, really, really, really allowed people to get to know you a little bit. And me just hanging out with you, I cannot even get over the fact that you're a vegetarian, right? I, I mean, I can't, I look at you and just go, I look, it looks like meat, like a meat eater because you're in such amazing shape. And that's all the myths that I have in my head that if you don't eat meat, then there's no way you can build muscle. And that whole show really unlocked that that's not true. And I think, what is it? It was 350 pound vegetarian or vegan or whatever. And I was like, oh my God, that can't even exist. So that was really, I think, a big crossover for you. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, from on the field into really becoming your own brand. Right. Um, yeah. So, and this goes back to, you know, uh, to sports and how, you know, the 300 pound vegan, that was my, uh, that was the moniker that I was going by. And, you know, I was a nose tackle, a defensive lineman. I played all the positions on the D line. Nose tackle was my starting position. And the average weight for a nose tackle is 300 plus 360 pounds, anywhere between there. Right. And I was 20 in my early twenties and I was 300 plus pounds playing nose tackle. And, but I was in my early twenties with high blood pressure, tendonitis, taking a, a, you know, blood pressure pills to, to get my blood pressure together. Um, you know, I had really bad pain because of the tendonitis. It, I had to take all kinds of painkillers just to get out and practice just to get up. And I was just thinking like, you know, this is the, this is, I'm 24 and I'm in the NFL. I'm supposed to be one of the top athletes in the world, but I'm over here suffering from a long list of old man illnesses. Right. And I'm taking all these old man pills. It's like this isn't this isn't a my future isn't looking too bright for me right now. And so I had to make the transition. I had to do a bunch of research, reach out to a bunch of doctors, dietitians, nutritionists, um, bodybuilders and look for other options and ways to do it. And again, it goes back to the same thing. How many of my teammates that I know that were dying of heart attack? And that was the time where the concussion movie was coming out during that concussion time. Also, health issues. It was a holistic health issue, not just not the concussion issue, right? Players were dying of heart attacks, couldn't walk and all that stuff after football, after their football career is over, because, you know, it's hard to keep that weight on when you're running around all day, every day in hot weather, football pads, you're losing 10 pounds a day. That's not even an exaggeration. And so you're putting all that weight on and I'm gonna land the plane and wrap it up. But anyways, 300 pound vegan. I was on, I did a documentary from that because I took my, my health into my own hands, figured out how to eat and to, to gain weight. I was eating 8,000 calories a day and to be a 320 pound vegan and doing that to be an example uh, for my, uh, my fellow teammates and people who were playing football coming up thinking they had to eat unhealthy to, to gain all that weight and, and, you know, ended up on a documentary called Game Changers, which is on Netflix. Uh, which was uh, produced by James Cameron. I'm also a producer on that documentary. That was the entry into my um, film production career as well. And then started doing public speaking about it as well um, because it's a real issue. You know, every time you see players passing away or dying, it's a, it's a mental health issue. And it's also, and it's also like a, 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 a actual health issue as well. So um, yeah, like there's, a, it's a, it's a lot. We're very passionate about this, to say the least. And there's a, and I and think that right term is the food deserts, right? Like that, that's part of what you're, you know, educating people on in which, you know, just being able to travel with you guys, you know, understanding that when, you know, and I'm on the road all the time, right? It's so difficult to find really good choices for you when you're in airports and, and you know, bebopping around a lot of these cities. Although there's a lot of quick food, it doesn't actually mean that it's actually good for you. And that becomes, you know, that challenge of being able to seek because what we feed our minds, feed our bodies and feel our spirit is what we become. 
Right. And then actually, and Amelia, to, to, to talk about the food desert things, I spoke about that. Um, that was one of my, another passion project as a, as a food justice activist, spoke at Harvard Law about it and all you know, Penn State and a whole bunch of universities all over the country and internationally about it. And food deserts are when there's this, uh, the food system is designed and in that system, certain areas are not uh, allocated food resources like other, uh, other areas are. Right. And that's what the food deserts are. And so there's not an access to healthy food. And they'll and the, the and that's a whole nother thing. And I don't want to go down that we came to talk about business and stuff. <laughs> but that's yeah, that's what that is. Yeah. But so, you and I with that, we, you know, again, you know, full disclosure, this is where you and I have a core uh, passion here. You know, for me, it's in the schools, in the schools, what is available for our mm-hmm. kids to eat is literally a crisis. Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah. It, it can, and it, it, the, the people that are, it, it's more business. It's a business contract. What, what contract? Fruitopia and all that stuff in there, getting the sugar in the kids. And it's not, when I was in high school, I used to drink a sugar, sugary drink and eat a bag of chips every day for lunch. <laughs> so, yeah, I get it. 100%. I, I love it. And, and so I'm going to give you another crazy statistic because, again, I was doing all kinds of stuff. You know, Randy's so good. You know, he puts together uh, talking points and he's just he's an amazing, incredible producer. And I was just doing some research about, uh, you know, some of the things that have been on my radar, you know, year over year. And one of it was an article that was in both Men's Health, but also in Harvard Review. And again, anybody who knows me, I, I read that sucker all the time. And they were talking about men specifically in today's marketplace. And they were saying, unlike women, that less than 28% of men, I'll say that again, less than 28% of men have a best friend. And in the African-American community, it's less than 3% that actually have a best friend. And I was like, that is a problem. Like that is an absolute problem that because there's nothing more healthy, I always call it a bromance, right? Men who have really strong friend groups, you know, friends in, you know, in, in to just navigate as leadership in this world. And if men are missing that male kind of, you know, confidant, then, no wonder we have a tough time building it inside of our, uh, you know, more of our, our intimate relationships. And I thought that statistic was crazy. And then I just thought about you guys, because you guys have been best friends for a long time. And I always think you guys is like the dynamic duo, right? Because I know when I get one, I get the other and vice versa. And I love that in our work relationship, that you guys have such a healthy, strong friendship. So my question to you is, do all of your friends have friendships like this or is it just you guys? It's, it's primarily us. Um, there's a lot of people that have these real close relationships, like our, uh, our business advisors, uh, Chase Barfield and Dan Vega, they have a really close relationship like ours in a lot of ways. But the reason David and I's relationship is so close is we don't have a typical relationship like most friendships because we're also business partners and it meshes in a lot of ways. So in David and I are both each other's coach in a way. And we both understand from football and just life in general, things need to be said when they need to be said, when they need to be said and emotions need to be out of it. And we both have to understand that the other person is coming from a really great place. So how we react with other or respond to normal to other people outside of us is way different than how we respond to each other. But that's also because we spent a lot of time getting, getting to know each other on a really deep level, not just personally, but for our business to succeed. Because at the end of the day, the better we are, the better our business is going to be. I agree. Listen, I, uh, you know, I, I've been preaching this, you know, over and over and over again, as, as we wrapped up Q4 to start Q1 is, um, and, and Tony Rodriguez is here, also knows this, you know, that talking about the sisterhood and the brotherhood, we need each other. We need those deep uh, brother and sister relationships in order to scale as leaders. But unfortunately, most uh, 
organizations and companies don't teach people how to have that kind of relationship so that you can actually learn and grow and scale together. It's why mentorship is so important, but our relationships, right? The five people that you surround you with yourself with are the five people that you become. Do you guys feel that your personal uh, friendship and mentorship to each other has made the difference in your consistent success? Because not only were you guys successful you know, in the league, which again, that's like 1% of the world, you guys are successful consistent, consistently together. So is that part of it? Do you, do you agree with this article in Men's Health is saying is that, you know, as men learn to have stronger friendships that they scale in all areas of their life? That's a direct quote with what I'm reading here. As men develop stronger relationships, they scale all the way around. Million percent, one million percent, because you know, you definitely need to do some introspective work and understand why you do things and where the root causes of who you are. And then you really need to dive into that. But you also need an outside perspective from someone that you can trust and someone that has a perspective that is of note, that's of worth, that's, you know, if you want to learn gymnastics, you need to get a gymnastics coach. You know, it's the same thing. And David and I, we both mesh with each other, not just with business, but also on a personal level. We have very similar interests. And we also understood that most people don't have a lot of the interests that we have. And this relationship, us really finding each other was a rarity. So we both kind of made that choice to kind of like, let's make this work. You know, let's figure this out because it, you need in life, you have to solve problems and you need help and you need resources and you, and, and especially in business, but just in life in general, it helps to have someone else, you know, in football, you, you really get taught, especially when you go to the professional level that it's every man for himself. You can't trust anybody. You have to do for you. It only, if you're going to get anything done, it's only going to be about you, but you understand the damage that it does to you after a while. And both of us in our transition out of it, we're really on a path to find those people that we really meshed with and build with those people. And that's what we've done ever since, ever since me and him reconnected and started our business venture. Then we started forming a group of like-minded individuals and we talk about opportunities together. We do things together and it's propelled us to heights that, we've never seen, you know, even, you know, especially considering how quickly we've done it, especially once we got our direction and especially with David and our relationship, it, the personal coaching that we both do for each other is helped us to really figure out our niche and figure out our skill set and figure out what we're good at and what we're not good at and maximize on that. So having those people, if you don't have those people, you can't do any of those things, especially not efficiently. And I'll just chime in. So, you know, I've got a lot of those kind of high level clients um, and uh, most of them happen to be men, by the way. And uh, a lot of them are really, as we did an analysis of this last year going into this year, are having a really tough time in vulnerability, right? How do they be that strong alpha male, but yet still be vulnerable and emotionally available to their team and to their partners? And so I started uh, recommending your book, The Game Within the Game, um, that really try to help people really identify you know, who are they? What is their purpose? What is their plan? And because you've got such a strong male voice, uh, a lot of my clients can hear you. Although I have said the same thing, uh, you land that message with such masculinity, but availability, right? And I will say on the sisterhood, I've got a lot of my sisters here with me too. Those are conversations that we're having. How do you become a strong leader and still be emotionally available to the people that you are leading? Oh, that's so amazing. And, and that's exactly what Reggie and I were talking about yesterday. And we were talking about a book, Developing the Leaders Around You, right, by John C. Maxwell, one of my favorite books, right? And one of the things that, that really, really rings in my ear with that book is just like, you have to empower, you have to understand, and, and part about why we're, you know, we take that from being in the NFL, being in a team environment our entire lives is understanding, uh, even with Reggie, understanding what he's good at, right? Understanding what his strengths are and understanding what his weaknesses are, right? And then how can I help him? How can I be of service? I'm staying in my lane, but also 
how do I provide service for for and and, and to Oh, make you're him speaking the genius person. key there, my friend. You're speaking the genius key. That's what we're working together. <laughs> exactly. And 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 so and that's what it is. You know, it's just like that's how you become a better. That's how you be the best teammate. That's how you be the best. Uh, be the best leader. Is like you're only as good as your teammate, right? So like it, 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 it like taking all the credit for you. None of that, that. I don't do anything. Your team has to be the best. So you can be the best. So you have to that 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 entails a lot of things. So you have to cre make sure the environment is is healthy so they can grow, right? And then you have to make sure that they're communicating properly and that there's not there's not a miss up in communication. It's a it's really being a team. How you know how to run a good team so everybody's growing properly and then people aren't hitting heads. Then like that's I feel like we don't do enough of that in business. And that's why a lot of people are doing that now. A lot of teams are a lot of companies are bringing in athletes to talk about teamwork and all of that stuff. So so I just had an interesting. So I just uh, there. And, and again, for those people who kind of follow, you know, business acquisitions and stuff like that. So one of our clients just did a big acquisition. And in so doing that, I will say, from my perspective, a healthy company acquired an unhealthy company. Um, and with that, the incoming CEO, um, who I get the glorious opportunity to work with. And, and so I did a toxicity review for him, right? For the things that he, how he shows up in different uh, categories, right? So I asked him to list all of the categories that are important to him that make him who he is. Um, there was 27 lists, uh, items on his list of the things that are important to him and that he believes that all those little PC parts make him up. And then I said, from one to five, I want you to tell me how toxic that is. And he's like, well, I have no to toxicity at all. And I was like, okay, so let me then show you the list of how people describe you and let's see if it serves those areas. And so we were able to identify how his beliefs, how he shows up, what he believes it takes in order to succeed creates a toxic environment. What he does know as a very smart leader is that you cannot have growth and scale in an environment of toxicity. Um, and so this is really interesting when we help uh, others look at their own reflection, right? Because we're all only as good as the people around us to let us know where we are shining and where we are misaligned. Um, and it's a very powerful exercise. It's why I believe in the brotherhood and the sisterhood community so much and why I surround myself with uh, me specifically, you know, people who are very strong in who they are and what they believe, but strong enough to be able to tell me what it is I don't want to hear, right? My closest friends are the ones who will tell me what I don't want to know that is true versus the people who yes me to death. Oh, 100%. And those are the, we've, we've understood, uh, those are some of the most important relationships that you can have, especially both of us coming out of uh, the pro football environment or just the football environment. The further you go up, the more yes men and people that just, they, they walk, they just tell you what you need to hear. Uh, you know, they tell you, what you, you have to hear. be really great at reading between the lines. They're never going to tell and you. And I will tell you that that's the kiss of death, you. right? And, and I say that to leaders. If what you are hearing is 80% or better positive, you are failing. You're failing because you're only believing the bullshit. Mm. It's when you can hear the things that make you go, ouch, that you are really stepping in to leadership, just like sales. In sales, a salesperson is not the person who can close the yes. The salesperson who, is, who can move through the no and turn it to a yes. The leader is a person who can move through their own reflection and that pain and move through it in order to do better and show up better to serve their people. The leadership is the pain, not the glory. One hundred percent. And if you can't do it yourself, you have someone that can help you do it. Like David and like David does for me, like I do for David. Amen. Because it just like you were saying, it starts with vulnerability. And you know, just a lot of people might not know, but just you know about myself, I'm a mental, physical, and sexual abuse survivor. I've gone through a lot of abuse, a lot of tra traumatic situations. And I know that with how I view things sometimes, it's not the best. But, and I know that to have someone, I need someone that's there that I can be vulnerable with that can call, call me out on my shit. 
to period point blank dude hell hell no no stop that shit nope some if sometimes if you even see with david and i when we're conversating or even when we're strategizing about certain things if if you look on on the outside it'll look like we're about to fight but we're not like no man like we're we understand each other we're two you know type a type dudes in ways especially when it comes to getting our own points across but we also understand things need to be said how they need to say it and things just need to come out like but you know david but because we're so vulnerable hey listeners if you enjoy listening to breakfast with champions we can bet you care about your daily routine do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine it's the perfect morning glenn has written a free ebook called the morning five five simple steps to an extraordinary morning if you can transform your morning you can transform your life head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day with each other that respect is already there going into the conversation so we're not going to fight we're not going to take it there we're not going to go there but we are going to get what's out out and we're going to deal with the actual problems instead of being around the bus and both of us trying to figure out what the other problem is and then it just throws a monkey wrench in our friendship as well as our business so it's you have to have that person that can really call you out on your shit and tell you stuff that you don't want to hear but you know you have to have that person that you know hey i know who this person is i know why they're saying it i can trust them they've proven their worth just like david has to me and like i have i have to david and because of that we can get exponential growth in our personal level as well as our business it's it's simple but it's not right and it's like you know you don't just go off and just like like yeah oh yeah i trust this person and you don't automatically just trust this person everything but you 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 listen to this person enough you trust them enough to you know what let me take into consideration let me look into it let me be fair and just you know calm down look at both sides of this because one of the things that we always say is everything is great nothing's black and white everything's great take a deep breath pause that helps <laughs> and then just look at things and and our our main goal here is the big picture the not truth. anyone's feelings not anyone's right not anyone's opinion but the truth the big picture the goal what are, what are the facts what are the truth how can we build a plan to just solve these problems as quickly as we possibly can and that's where a lot of people we find in business mess up their deals right <laughs> because they let their feelings get into it they let their emotions get into the play or they're just trying to prove their point and then they end up messing up the deal it don't have anything to do with anything and like it, you took you blew it out of proportion so and yeah and having someone to to come hey tony to, are you tony are you there i am so I, I, I'm hopefully I'm not overstepping. You can slap me if I did. So I, uh, I leaned on Tony the other day, um, it, <laughs> to, to kind of co coach me through, uh, my own stubbornness. Right. So I started dating and Tony's like, Hey, Amelia, can I, and Tony chime in if I'm, if I'm articulate, he's like, if I can just kind of give you a little piece of dating advice, you might want to stop leading with, I'm taking my company public and check out my CV. He's like, that's not why guys are asking you out on a date. And I'm like, what, what do you mean? Of course, of course I have to lead with like, where am I going and what am I I'm doing? And the fact that like, you know, I'm not brain dead, whatever. And he's like, mm, I would advise against it. And here's why. And I had a really tough moment to lean back, to try to hear what he was saying, to try to get what that experience is like for a man sitting on the other side of the table. As much as I want to be able to be respected on the things that I've, I've accomplished, Tony was able to reflect back to me how it triggers insecurity on the other side of the table. But I will tell you, it took him a minute because I did not want to hear it because I'm very proud of what I've done. Um, and so this was an interesting banter back and forth. And Tony, hopefully I haven't broken any confidentiality here. Um, no, but I not at all. Listen, the story is yours to share, my friend, without a doubt. And again, just for anybody that's listening, I'm not saying that you shouldn't be proud. Yes, absolutely be proud. Yet in today's world, and really in, 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 in just in the world in general, many men are intimidated by successful women. So not to say you don't share it. And I'm saying that, again, not to open up too much. I'm sharing that here now because somebody needs to hear it. Not to say that you don't share it. You do share it. 
you just got to slow play it because at times some people will shut down and you will not have the opportunity to make that connection. And so it was interesting. So, you know, exactly what, you know, D- David and Reggie are talking about, you know, I trust your opinion and we have such a long-term established relationship. I can sit into it for a second to see the other side and soften to say, oh, I don't need to prove myself in this arena because that's not what they're really interested in. They'll get to it eventually. But for me, as obviously not a professional dater here, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I'm sloppy and falling all over myself. Um, You know, I reached out to some of the people that I really trust to understand how I'm being palated on the other side. And so it was actually hysterical to listen to the conversation back and forth between Tony and I, because I reverted into my teenage feet stomping self because I didn't like what I was being told. Right, man. And then that's another thing too, playing old records in your brain, right? And I think we had this conversation, Amelia. It was just like, when you, you're playing an old record in your head and uh, you're doing these small things and you're reverting back to the old you and, and that's why it's an, always another thing, good reason to have an accountability person and a person who's looking at things uh, uh, clearer than you, who's a, a, away from the fire, right? And, and that way you can get an honest opinion, an honest reaction, so you're not hitting your head up against the wall. And, and when, when that old record, what I mean by you putting that old record back on, that broken record back on that you used to play, that's no longer, you took it off because it's no good anymore, you put it back on, it takes a while for you to realize that you're playing, that you've been playing that broken record, that you've been playing that old record. And so it's great to have that person, that accountability partner who knows that, wait a minute, that's not, that, that's the old record. That person's not trying, that's not the new music that the person's wanting to play, right? Let, let, me, let, me, let me alert them to the fact that they're playing this old broken record and that they're going in the wrong direction. And that's why it's good to have that because it could it could be, you know, it just putting that old record on, picking up those old habits that's unconsciously or subconsciously and not even knowing it, it could really damage you. Imagine if you kept dating and kept going around showing people your CV and your business information, you would have had it. You would have been like, damn, this dating world is horrible. I'm never I'm not having any success all because you're playing a broken record. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And it's, it's really surrounding yourself with the people that are telling you what you may not want to hear and see, but love and care about you. What I know at the end of the day is the people that I have closest to me, including you guys, you actually care about me, just the plain old Amelia me. And so if you're telling me something, I respect you enough to know that you're telling me because it's in my best interest. Um, I also see GI, GI, are you actually here? I don't know if she's with us. I don't know. She may just be listening. Hey, Amelia, can I just lean into something that, that was just said, oh, which yeah. I think is brilliant. This is something, again, you know, many of you know that I'm, uh, I've been with Tony Robbins for 20 plus years. I'm a trainer with him as well. And when you're, when, when, uh, when you were just talking about scratching the record, that is such, uh, that, that's something that's so important. I'm sorry, playing the same old record. One things that, one of the things, one of the seven keys to create and lasting changes as, as the program goes, is to scratch the record so that if you do feel the urge to put that sucker back on and play it again, it does not play the same way. It will never play the same way. So it really is about scratching the record, not just taking it off the record player because inevitably you're gonna wanna grab that record because it's your comfort zone and put it back on because yes, while it may be uncomfortable, while it might not feel good, you know, you're comfortable in that knowingness. So you put it back on. So the idea is to scratch that record so it will never play again. So just thought I'd throw that in. Oh, exactly. 100%. because at the end of the day, we we are all completely unaware how easy it is to be wrong about how we're perceiving something. So it's so incredibly easy to be wrong and wrong as shit and ve- feel very strongly that you're right. It's very, very easy, especially if you don't have anybody that can really call you out on your stuff. It, it's, it, you know, having a bunch of people that's just going to tell you how, you know, tell you everything you want to hear, make you feel good. You're going to all these sources and telling you stuff that's just going to make you feel good, like further hardening in the belief system that you already have. You know, you need to have people that are going to poke and prod that. Like, if you're going to believe that, like, let's test it. You're going to sit here and think this, let's challenge it. You don't want to do this, like, be curious about it. Go find it out. You know, you need those people around you. You need to find, surround yourself with people exactly like that. 
And and to add on to what Reg is saying, it's like, you know, yeah, you want to go out and find a person who's not going to tell you yet yeah everything, but you also don't want a person who's going to hate on everything that you're doing, right? Because you could get that mixed up real quick, right? Like, you can be like, oh, yeah, great. I found a person who's not telling me yes to everything. No, find a person who's going to be real with you. Say, hell no, that's not working. Uh, it's not, that's not going to work. And this is why, with the facts, right? Not someone who's telling you it's not working because of their feelings. They don't feel it's going to work. Tell me why it's not working, right? How, or, or, or like, or if you don't think that it's working, you don't see it, or at least tell me to go investigate it or go explore and point me in the right direction, right? Don't look through, don't, don't take information from, consider the source. Don't take information from people who are giving you vague responses or not pointing out as to why, you know, or giving you some sort of direction to go because that's not doing anything for you. That's just making you feel bad. So yep. you may as well just not okay. listen to them. Present a case. <laughs> and that's Present so, a case. Kimberly, are you here? Yes, I am. And this is what I love about Kimberly. Kimberly can make an observation and a point and, and a point and substantiate the heck out of it with very clear details and facts. She's got a very organized sense of presentation and organization with facts. And so her and I, that's part of why we gel together so well is that because I have that heavy analytical brain when she's pointing something out because she has the data with her very quickly, I can go, wow, I'm really off base here. And we can move through a better way and a better next step so quickly. So we make a really good yin and yang. And I also think it's because I love her Southern accent, right? She comes off so feminine and so sweet and so kind with an exponential intelligence. Um, and that's something that I'm practicing in this year of 2022 is to really get more in touch with my feminine side. So I've surrounded myself with the Nikus, with the Kimberleys, um, you know, with Tara, the people who really not only have the strong strength that I respect, but often the, the softness side, right? To help me get in touch with it. And where did I put that aside? Where, at what point did my belief system say I had to get too hard on the outside and I've lost that connection and be transparent and vulnerability, right? Cause I have a lot of success, but I'm always working on something to be able to let my sisters know this is something that I'm focusing on and can you help me? Mm, that's so important. And that makes me think of um, when David and I really agreed to be business partners because I had, I had written this course, I'd written, I'd written this book, I'd written this course. Um, at this period of time, I had basically let it sit on the shelf for three years. I wrote the thing, it took me three years to write it, I burnt myself out writing it, and then I also realized I didn't know how to freaking sell it. So I just put it on the shelf for three years and then went through this whole process of learning how to sell. I took a lot of just terrible jobs, but just for the sole purpose of learning how to sell and getting experience so I could go back to this at a certain point. And then when I got to that certain point, David was there. And when I, I, you know, I just took a chance and was just like, Hey man, like, could you look over this book, look over this program? Like, I think I want to get it out there. And I knew he had a lot of experience in business already with, he, he had worked in doing a startup and I already knew he was doing a lot of things with his own moniker and building his own brand. So I asked for his help and I was so glad that I did that to this day. I'm so grateful I did that because when he came back to me, he told me, bro, this is like, this is way bigger than what you're thinking it is. Like, this is a billion dollar thing. And he was like, your perspective on this, how you view things, like how you put everything it, like, I wish as a former athlete, I had this beforehand. You nailed everything on the head, but at the period of time, during that period of time, I had no confidence in myself. I had been broken down. Like I was emotionally just not in a great place. I, I just was not in a good place, but David believed in me and spoke into me and built me up. And I was vulnerable enough with him that that was even a possibility. Yeah. I, I believed in what he said. And then he helped me get like, get the course and like now it's in Forbes business school. We just found out we got in, in Harvard, we got in Stanford. It's going to be sold internationally. And my whole vision of it to begin with was way smaller, way, 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 way smaller. But if I wasn't vulnerable and I wasn't able to like hear it, there's no way we would have got to this point. So, you know, I think that's important to know is this 
you know, being vulnerable because you never know what idea is going to like just broaden your perspective. And it's just so needed. Would anybody like to chime in? I see we have Julie here, man. She's up early on the West Coast. Um, anybody who'd like to chime in, please do. Well, this is Kimberly. And first of all, Amelia, thank you so much for your kind words. I am an unabashed um, fan and student of yours. Your accomplishments speak for themselves, but so does your heart. And like most of us who had to step into the arena from early on, where most of our colleagues were men, and even the men themselves had to operate under a certain way of being, we adopted that way of being for survival and for credibility and all the things that it brought us and all the things that broke in us. And it broke in men because the empowerment of a true leader is when they get to be whole, male or female. And so I really appreciate when we take this conversation to a much higher, richer level of what it means to tap into the true authentic leader in you and each other and be brave enough to hear truth, to ask for truth, and to let it make us better. Our higher self is here waiting to be empowered. Um, and we're the ones that have to unlock those keys. The genius keys is all about unlocking those places, not covering them up. So I really appreciate this conversation. I think that we, over the weeks and months ahead, are really going to up-level our, our understanding of what it means to be an authentic, world-changing leader and human being. So thank you so much. I absolutely love that. And I think we have to right now that we're uh, remote workers, our teams are all over the place. You know, we're learning more about what amplifies the genius and what puts it out. Our leadership skills have to increase. And you're, you're right. I mean, I, I've always been, Kimberly, you know this too, you know, most of the time I'm the only woman in the room. I'm the only woman at the table. I'm the only female investor. I'm, I oftentimes, I am the only one. Um, you know, Julie's here too. She's dancing a man role for most of her life as well. And we just could not come to the table with as much of that softer side because the men weren't ready for it then but the men are ready for it now because they're also becoming more available as we're becoming more available, which means that our processes and our communication must change in order to support and really lean into each other. That's why I get so excited when I get to work with both David and Reggie because they really demonstrate consistently what that balance looks like. And they absolutely will disagree, but they're also that, that really kind of new version of leadership. And I think that's why all of this conversation is so, so important as we, you know, reflect on what we did well and didn't do well last year and go in to set up this year. What do these new relationships look like um, from sister to sister and then across the aisle from sister to brother? Amelia. Amelia. Okay. Good. Amelia, this is Corey. Hello, Miss Corey. Hi, I have to tell you that I uh, an, a stream of fear just ran through my body because you know how much you and I are alike. And to hear you come up with these realizations of these protection mechanisms that I've put in place in order to be able to stay strong and be able to um, push forward through this in this man's world, <laughs> you now have me, I have to rethink everything. This is crazy. I know, but, but this is what we love. I mean, this is what, and again, you know, part of our sisterhood, you know, Kimberly's in this boat too. So is Julie. There's a lot of us because we survived our success a certain way. What we have to understand is the marketplace has changed that well, that we learned up until today also cost us tremendously, right? I didn't have the female relationships then that I have now because of that hard exterior and the belief that I had to charge so hard forwardly, I know I hurt many, many sisters along the way. But now that I know better, 
I'm doing better. And what I understand is it's not in a silo. Not only was I closed off to my sisters, I closed myself off from men. And that's why this is so important to be able to have our brothers and sisters we can practice with. I know with David and Reggie and Tony and many other of the guys in the sisterhood, I can practice with them. And if I if I somehow offend or hurt or fall down or fall short with Reggie, he cares about me enough, he will tell me. I'm not going to ruin the relationship because I am learning. He supports that I'm learning. Well, I, I agree. Okay, I'll go ahead, Corey. I'll, I'll just add something. Well, I just agree because in the sense of when we are in a working relationship with men, it's hard to go back to college or high school where we actually had friendships with men and having to have that divided line. And then also being scared of friendships with women, understanding in personal experiences how women interact with women in those younger years. But you can. It's a lack of a tool, right? It's a lack of a tool. You can, if you so choose, heal anything that has or will be if the other person meets you on the other side, right? I can't have a successful relationship with Reggie or anybody else. And I'm just picking on him for a second because I can, right? I can't have a sex successful relationship with Reggie unless he chooses the relationship on his side as well, right? And so it's a matter of going to say, are the relationships that are in my past, are they worthy for me to invest in to bring them forward? Or is there a reason why I'm leaving them in the past? And all of that work just needs to get really kind of spoken and thought through. But I absolutely went back in time in relationships that were not at the level that I had hoped them to be, not because of them, it was because of me. So listen, if I could just jump in on something that, that uh, Corey was saying, you know, we all have to remember that the walls we build to protect us from whatever it is, relationships in business, whatever it is, are also the same walls that keep people out that we want in our lives. And that, you know, they keeps the, the, the things that we want at bay as well, because that wall doesn't just block out the bad, it also blocks out the good. So that's one to remember. And of course, under, also understanding that pain is part of life, right? The things that we go through, it's part of life, but suffering is a choice. You can choose to let go of the pain so you can, again, remember and share the stories from that scar, not the wound and, you know, not to get into too much with that. And then I'll wrap up and I'll, I'll, I'll drop the mic and I'll say, you know, what Reggie and, and David were both talking about is, you know, when you're, you've got to look around, we often talk about, you know, the, the, the five people you're closest to and everything else. You know, something I share often is that you look around your circle and if the people in your circle are not challenging you or not pushing out of your comfort zone or not calling you out on your bullshit or not being honest with you because they're afraid of whatever repercussion or whatever, then you don't have a circle. You've got a cage. You've got people that are looking to keep you down instead of seeing you fly. So just remember that, you know, you got to uncage yourself. Right. And uh, and so that's what I just wanted to add to kind of filled in a couple of things that I heard. Can I add one more point to that? It's a perfect segue. Is that okay, Amelia? Uh, okay. Yeah, go for it. Go because for it. Because on that topic of, as I listen to you say uh, about what we're calling those walls, those mechanisms that served us in one way and kept us from our wholeness in another way, what I realized is that most of all, those walls kept me from myself. And when we bring those down and we're in touch with all of that, safe from within, we are safe to make those connections with one another, male or female alike. And the goal is, is personal sovereignty. I own myself. And that beautiful interdependence and partnership that is our gift and our birthright as well. And so I just want to say that I'm so excited. I did not know until I began the journey that you can be female and take a journey of the feminine to heal, to connect, and to experience yourself as an integrated being with your, quote, masculine active qualities and your soft receptive and every human being has it that is not a gender 
That is a human being. And now when we can bring our humanity to our vision and our leadership and our purpose and execute with that kind of alignment, we will change our world and we will change the world. And that is the goal. And to do it together, as you say, rising together in our genius. Let's go. Amelia. Love it. Amelia, Amelia, I really want to, I really want to celebrate Reggie and David. Uh, just as I hear everybody talking, uh, this is Tariko. I grew up playing football, and I remember transitioning from football because I had a passion for singing. And I actually got a full scholarship to go to college to sing. And I stopped playing football but continued to work out and train with the football team. But I remember having to choose, right, to choose that vulnerability space and go through the the rejection almost because I would hear everywhere I traveled with the choir, oh, you look like you should be playing football. And I would always tell people, no, I should be singing because that's what I love to do. And so in the same sense, I, I, I understand exactly uh, Reggie and David's uh, authenticity and choosing to walk down that road of vulnerability, uh, which is the, which is actually the permission that we as men have to give ourselves and release so that we experience those deeper levels of success in our leadership. And a lot of men, uh, we struggle with, uh, being uncomfortable with our emotions. And so when we allow ourselves to be uncomfortable with our emotions to grow and develop, that's when we're able to release our, as you say, Amelia, our genius. And then you're able to receive and learn and grow and build your capacity from the feminine relationships that are around you who actually become teachers for you with those emotions. And so I just wanted to celebrate Reggie and David for exemplifying that relationship right here publicly but sounds like in everything that you guys do. I just want to tell you, thank you guys both. Oh, thank you so much. Those are such great words and that really means a lot. And thank you so much because, you know, full disclosure to get to this point of vulnerability, we had to go through a lot. <laughs> you know, I, I personally did two treatment center stays. I've done a lot of therapy, you know, just to get out all of the, you know, the poison that was in me from dealing with, you know, physical abuse, mental abuse, sexual abuse, that, that just making it in football and doing it a lot for the wrong, for the wrong reasons. And then, but having someone like David to help me through that. And then I had other people that helped me through that along the way, lots of great therapists and people, but to get to that point, I really had to sit with myself and understand myself and deal with my own shit. So I, could actually go and be myself. So I had to find myself so I could be myself. And um, it really took a lot. And that's why I'm glad to have people like David and Amelia and Julie. And there's a lot of great people in my life now. And, you know, it, it takes a lot to get to this point. But thank you so much for your kind words. Hey, Randy, are you there? You want to jump into this conversation? I am here. Um, my head's exploding. <laughs> That's okay. We'll take you that way too. No, I, I just, it just, I'm still back on the whole friendship thing. And, and I'm, I'm like sitting there literally going, how can I, I mean, all the things I want to do now, I literally am going, how can I break my records? Because I do absolutely get into the same habit. And part of it is because I spend too, way too much time alone. And I'm aware of that. But the whole friendship, I have an interesting question. Maybe it's going in a, that I'm so curious about with other people. Am I the only person, because we're talking about friendships and relationships, whose strongest relationships started in a work setting? I'm just curious. Because if no. I look at the people that are closest to me now, I can't separate home and work emotionally. I, I'm never going to buy into it's not personal, it's just business. Yes, it's very personal. That's to me. That's not to everyone. I'm going to treat somebody with respect. I'm going to uh, uh, approach them with respect. They are a human being. They deserve to be treated that way, regardless of the relationship. But I look at the best relationships and friendships I've ever had, and the common element 
is an approach to how we work and how we accomplish things. And I'm just curious if I'm alone. Randall, man. All right. So let me hit you with this, bro. So the reason, and I'm glad you said all of that. So, and the reason why, another reason why Reg and I are such great friends and why we work well together is like, it goes back to playing in the NFL. Even when we played, you know, and practice, we practice together every day. It, we built a relationship on how to communicate, um, right? I know how he thinks strategically, right? And I know that he's not going to do something stupid that's <laughs> that's going to get us messed up. And we and we also know what the big like we like I was talking about earlier. The main the big picture is the goal is, and and if you're if you think about it we spend most of our time working on whatever project that it is that we're working on randall you do whatever it is that you do it says you're a writer speaker podcast creative right so you spend most of your time doing that all the other people that you spend doing they, you're so naturally the people you're going to spend your time with are people who do the same thing and so you need to just have these common threads of com these these threads of common sense that you guys are both communicating on, you get it, because other, otherwise you're going to surround yourself with a bunch of people who are, you're going to be like, man, this person is dumb. I can't, and not not saying that they're dumb, but they don't move like I move. They, they, they can't, so I can't hang around this person. So yeah, naturally the person needs to have, be on the same vibration as you. They need to be someone who you can move with when the bullets are flying, right? Like one of the things that me and Red say, if, if there was ever a zombie apocalypse or something that happened, which is a reality right now with everything that's going on, right? Or, or something, the end of the world was to happen, then, you know, the person I'm for sure going to have in my, in my, in my, you know, behind me is Reggie, right? <laughs> or, or some, somebody, or who, or one of my friends who's, who's military. Cause I know <laughs> Reg is going to fight. I know he's not going to give up. Like I know him in these certain situations. And so like, that's why you find, and then when you're, when you're talking about building a relationship with someone, you want it to be for a long time. So, you know, what shit's going to hit the fan from time to time. So, and you're not going to want to fight these battles alone. So you want someone who's going to be there, who's going to be, who can hold their own, but also they're good in spaces where you're not right. Reggie's great at sales. I'm okay at sales. I learned so much from him about sales. I didn't go through two treatment center stints and and go um, and go to school, get my master's for uh, for uh, person. What is it, Rez, that you went to school for? I, I was studying to get my master's in counseling, but I dropped out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I learned a lot of that stuff. I learned a lot of that from him. And so it's like you need to find someone who makes you strong where you're not, who's going to be able to balance you, someone who you can who who you can you know believe in what it is that they're bringing to the table. And, you know, because because life is a journey and you're going to have scraps in this journey. You got to be scrappy from time to time. So you want someone who's going to get down and dirty. Like they say, I don't want an ally. I want uh, what's the word? I want someone who's going to get down and dirty with me, not someone who uh, like I call them and hopefully they come. I want someone I want to I want someone who's going to be complicit with me in the in the act of, of, of being successful in life. Right. So those are the kind of that's that's what you want when you're looking for the qualities. That's what you want is you want a hustler. Just like if you're looking for someone in a relationship, like a woman, like a woman, she's not going to get like someone who's not doing anything, just sitting down. No, you want someone who's going to get in there, figure the shit out with you and, and, and help you get to where you're trying to go. And that's 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 what you're looking for. Not just a good laugh or good whatever, you know, so yeah. like. Because yeah, because it's it's all I, I completely understand you, Randall. Especially, you know, David and I always talk about you know you don't know how people really are until bullets are flying, and I completely understand you not separating business and personal because we I can tell you you don't know people until you know them when bullets are flying. They can hit you with the sweet words and they can be dependable as all get out. But when things are actually shits hitting the fan, that's when the real truth comes out. So I completely get how you do that. And I don't really fault you for it. Well, thank you so much. It's just something that has been on my mind. And, and you know, I look at, you know, I and now I'm thinking of Amelia dating. I mean, here's the reality, Amelia. We're proud okay, of what we do. Don't laugh when you say that, Randy, because I know you just said that and chuckled in the inside. 
You what now? But I know you said Amelia and then dating, and then you kind of laughed on the inside. No, 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 no. I did. Oh, I did not. <laughs> now I'm laughing because you said that. We're proud of what we do. And, and I'm aware of the fact that I can annoy people because I talk about what I do. But when you're blessed to do what you do, and what you do, I believe, is help people, because that's my goal. That's the goal of Amelia. That's the goal of Genius Key. That's the goal of the show. It, it, it the, I, It's difficult to not lead with that or incorporate, incorporate that into other relationships as they go out there. So... It, it, it's a hard balance for me, it, it, but I'm always going to be proud of what I'm able to create and what I'm able to accomplish, especially if it impacts the world in a positive way. Well, I love it. And it's, and, and so first of all, so I don't know who I'm turning the room over to at this hour, but I want to just say a really big thank you to both Reggie and David. Thank you both for being here. Um, I absolutely love it. And I really think that these are the conversations that leaders are having. And I really believe that as we up level our lives, this is what has to do. We have got to start from within. So I just want to say a really big thank you. And Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.